All right, Jeremy, what do you have today? Jim Hoft, what do you have? I have Jim Hoft. Okay, people, let's begin. We have liftoff. Get up, everybody. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster Andrew Marcus. And with me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and put truth back in the narrative is the only cultural theorist you should be listening to. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one and only Rebel Pundit, Jeremy Siegel! Okay. Jeremy. Cultural theorist. Right? Did you like that one? I can go one? with that. You like that? Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah. It has taken me weeks Could I be a- <laughs> to come up with one that you like. <laughs> All right, cultural theorist. I would ra- but maybe I ra- maybe I would rather be cultural conspiratist. Well, so Adam Curry of No Agenda, he says he says I'm not a cultural I mean, what does he say? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm a conspiracy therapist. So maybe you could be a cultural therapist. Ah, cultural therapist. Okay. I'm writing that down. Cultural therapy. Do you need cultural therapy? Tune into the Truth Bait podcast. That's right. Oh, episode 40. That is how long it took us. <laughs> I will be your cultural therapist. Are you having trouble coping with the culture today? Does society make you just nervous and on edge in general? The things that are going on, do you feel a lack of control? It just isn't fair. Tune in and listen to the Truth Bait podcast. Oh, for Jeremy Siegel. Dr. Siegel, <laughs> your cultural therapist. I wonder if there's a drug. I wonder if there's a drug we can prescribe. Ooh, I, we could I get a smell huge a sponsor. Sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I at least smell a show title out of it. I don't know about the sponsorship, but definitely a show title. Yeah. Um, you, you won't need drugs if you're listening to uh, my cultural therapy sessions. Do you, Jeremy, do you need therapy? I hear in your background, is that what's going on in your house right now? <laughs> Yeah, it's a little hard to find quiet time to record this week. You know, Jeremy, if it gets crazy inside, uh, you could just go home. outside where <laughs> you have bees. Yeah, you can, we can record. <laughs> that might be the quieter. That might be the quieter place to set up. I could set up a remote. I could set up a remote studio <laughs> in the bee yard. Uh, you know, every now, people, and, every now and then you'll hear one bee zip past my mic. Bzzz. Ooh, that's that's what happens. That's scary. Record in the bee yard. 
Uh, well, we'll take any listener we can get, <laughs> even insects. Um, <laughs> people have been writing in, Jeremy, to... Uh, for, uh, first of all, before that, share the show, ladies and gentlemen. Share the show. Please share the show. Go share rate the, the show. show. Uh, write us at truth at truthbait.com. These are all great things, very helpful to uh, to the program, to the community. Uh, and speaking of that community, Jeremy, people have been congratulating you. Uh, I've had several people who, uh, Janice in Arizona, reached out to congratulate you. Um, uh, oh, cruise director you, Barb reached out to say congratulations and is dying thank to you, taste Barb, the honey, taste you. your honey. Uh, she, uh, oh, we'll be shipping it. We'll be shipping it later this summer. We're gonna have to make the magic word, uh, the secret word honey one day. Yeah, that'll uh, be a good lifetime supply of honey. It'll be cheaper for me to give a lifetime supply of plezzy. <laughs> Remind people what Plezzy it, making is. honey is like <laughs> Michelle Obama's sugar juice <laughs> that I guess she got off of her health kick and healthy lunches and she switched over to sugar juice because it makes more money. But like the thing about producing honey, it's just like producing eggs for yourself in your backyard homestead. Like your eggs are great, but they by the time you buy all the infrastructure you need to have a laying flock of chickens, they cost you like $17 a dozen. But honey the, is kind of similar. The, uh, well, come, uh, the, the full breakdown that, that will seem like a bargain price. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to fetch that amount. But it, well, it was this past winter when eggs, do you remember when eggs skyrocketed and people were paying eight dollars a dozen eggs they're still very expensive in the grocery store (laughs) then i was feeling ahead of the curve i was like okay well i'm finally it's finally working oh and you just just need to get to a thousand dollars per pound of honey it's freshness too (laughs) well it's freshness too and and i'm telling you i've never tasted honey as good as what you have coming off of your hives it's unbelievable and you gave me such a big jar i can't believe how much how much honey production was that to give me that jar? Uh, I don't know how long it took the bees. But well, but even st- I mean, that's it was a, a housewarming. Lot. It was a housewarming. It was so it was thoughtful. Oh, it was so thoughtful, and I'm enjoying sharing it with everybody, and everybody's loving it. So thank you. Yeah. When you when you do eventually and put I that up for sale, that people should pick f- that up. And 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 it was a fair barter for the free medical advice I've received from some of your family members. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you should have heard some of the sto- Some of the that can- honey, that honey can be worth its weight in gold. <laughs> she was, uh, she was worth. Uh, she was, she was uh, a camp doctor uh, last week at a camp in Wisconsin. Ah, and uh, oh, you should have heard the stories <laughs> of some of the things that were happening there. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, so Al, uh, Al, and Juliet wrote in also to congratulate you. Uh, he says, "Gents, the recent update show was awesome, and especially news of the arrival of Truth Bates' latest citizen producer." And he also sent, let's see, yes, in honor of this blessing. Here's a superb tune from Messianic Hebrew, Joshua Aaron, that features the Aaronic blessing in Hebrew. 
and I found this when looking for multiple pronunciations for me to practice. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'll just play a tiny bit of it. It's almost like nursery music. It's very soothing. Sounds like something I might need to play in this house once in a while to calm people down. You're going to want to get a translation, though. I, Al, if you have a translation, please send it. <laughs> Please send it in because I'd love to know what he's singing, but I don't have a translation. Do you, can you understand it, Jeremy? It'll definitely, it'll definitely get the house empty. <laughs> what? <laughs> if I play that in the house, what are you, the kids a, will be what are you a bunch of anti-Semites? <laughs> What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Al sent this in as a beautiful gesture. You're talking about it emptying your house. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Al is basically an executive producer at this point. (laughs) What are you saying? All right, Al, thank you very much for sending that in. Very nice of you. Please send a translation. I'd love to know uh, what he is singing. Uh, Al sent actually. He's been sending a bunch of great stuff. Uh, Our producers are sending things to help you out, uh, Jeremy, although I don't think you're in a position yet to use any of it. Because uh, you're just in and like you know, again inundated with <laughs> with more than more than one of those going on. Uh, he writes, uh, travel analysts and advisors say traffic to Disney's U.S. parks and some rival parks has slowed this summer. Data from travel company from a travel company that tracks line waiting time at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, shows that the Independence Day weekend was one of the slowest in nearly a decade. Disney executives have said they are they've expected weaker earnings from their US parks this year. That's devastating for them. Uh, so, uh, let's see. It makes Tra- me happy. <laughs> yeah, travel advisors and industry analysts say the slowdown is the latest sign that Disney's recent price hikes and changes to park operations have soured some families on visiting the most magical place on earth. Yeah. Uh, the price hikes because people have gotten so tired of paying that much <laughs> for, uh, for their for, garbage that they for offer when they you. <laughs> go. You know what? It, it, that really isn't it. Uh, yes, there's some of that, but I think that people would be willing to pay that and other crazy amounts if they weren't being met with men in dresses. At the fairy factory, that's what I'm at the, talking at the, about. At the Cinderella factory, the the princess factory. That's whatever. what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, yeah, they charge too much for that stuff. <laughs> what would be a fair price for that, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that is also from Al. Thank you, Al, for sending that in. Um, oh, and he says. He sent in a, uh, a, a uh, an article from Red State about the movie um, Sound of Freedom. Have you heard of Sound of Freedom? I, I don't know what you are in touch with uh, being I up your neck and baby bill. I have seen a trailer. I saw a trailer. What did you think of the trailer? Yeah, I saw a trailer for it. What did you think of that? You know, I mean, it looks like a sort of dark film 
I think. I, the music made it seem pretty dark. Yeah, that's pretty dark. How'd that make you feel? How'd that make you feel? Giving a child his freedom. Felt good. You have been at this for 12 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm worried I'm going to alienate it's not <laughs> cheerful. listeners with this one. It's not cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheerful. I have not seen this film. I am planning on going to see it on Wednesday, so I will let you know uh, how how I you know what what I come away with. I'm really what I'm hoping more than anything. I get from the trailer and I get from all the noise coming out about it that it is a very serious film. And okay, that's great. And there's a place for that. I I just. You know, this has always been sort of a hang-up for me. I want these films to... if I want them to be entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, And, and that's going to sound weird. Like I, like, I need my film about child trafficking to be entertaining. But I guess I, 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 I worry that if it is um, just an issue film and not an entertainment, not telling a story... And I don't, when I say I need to be entertained, I don't mean like, ha, 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 I need to laugh. I mean, it needs to move me as a narrative, as a story. It has to be a, a great piece of storytelling. Otherwise, it's just another issue film. And there's lots of those. And okay, great. And there's a place for that. People, It opens people's eyes. It gets them activated. And this is an important issue for that. But I don't know. The trailer makes me a little bit concerned. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'll have know. to rewatch. I'll have to re. I'll have to rewatch it. I guess I didn't. That wasn't my takeaway. Like it looked like a drama. I mean, it looked like a drama story film. Maybe it. I don't. Well, so see, you're, the, like the, a lot of religious. You're saying films. you're afraid there's going to be too much overt. Is it a religious film? No, no, no. I, I, I don't know. I think that there. I think there may be a religious component, but I don't think that they're overt. I don't know. I have no idea. They, they certainly haven't been marketing yeah, on that. I don't know. Um, I see them uh, uh, mention religion to some degree in some of the stuff that's out there, but I, it, it doesn't strike me as anything they're really like pushing in terms of a main marketing point. They, uh, uh, I mean, that, but I'm saying the that actor, I, I, what's his name, Jim Cavazil, right? He put the, he, right wasn't Jim he in, Cav- in Passions of the Christ? He's he's in a he's in a, he's been in a lot in a lot of so-called Christian. Films. The I only think. reason I bring it up is because I think he's a professing Christian actor, right? And and it may be clear in this film too. I have no idea. That I, that's not why I bring it up. The reason I bring it up is because in a lot of so-called Christian films or religious films, my problem with them is that they're they just hit you over the head with a two by four, and it happens a lot, frankly, in non-religious documentary, political documentary, where instead of storytelling, they just hit you over, over the head. With it. I mean, yeah. it, it, that it just it misses what you need in order to really succeed theatrically, which is you have to be, you have to tell a story. Um, and so I'm going to go. I'll I'll see it Wednesday, and I'll probably have. You know several different perspectives on in terms of how I how I see it because even if it doesn't you know succeed in telling a story or entertaining, uh, I I still may walk away from it going yeah that's a great film. Um, uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, it looked to me like it. I mean, it looked to me like it was focusing on like one particular type of uh, family or something like that, didn't it? No, I don't, it the media's like reaction like is a story been, there. I I do love it for the media reaction. The media reaction is that yeah. they're you've, mainstream media. You've got Rolling Stone. You have uh, uh, you know basically just like you know. Uh, Hedonistic Corp, USA, coming out to condemn this film, to which is interesting to me because if they were really afraid of the film, if they really didn't uh, didn't want people seeing it, they wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't talk about it. Yeah, but they, they are talking it, about it. Like They're indulging film. in it. So that's interesting to me too. Right. I almost think they want you to see it. They're pushing people to see it, or at least they're using it to push the divide even further. Yeah, I think that's probably more like it. Well, the media has been absolutely... It's weird. Just, it's like... What's that? It's kind of like they're trying to set up... They're, it's like they're setting up for this, like the idea of child trafficking or human trafficking is some sort of myth or misinformation or something like that. So, uh, and It's like the, if you're a... You're a child trafficking conspiracy theorist now. Right. If you subscribe to the that is amazing that you say trafficking. that. I and I, I'm going to have this for for uh, it'll be ready for Friday because I'll 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 have it in combination with whatever I you know uh, come away with from the movie. Um, uh, I think that there are now bona fide conspiracies the, conspiracy theories that are cropping up in social media that are meant to uh, create a, a, an aura of, uh, of conspiracy nonsense around the entire subject. Uh, so in other words, what's it, a bona fide conspiracy theory? Is that right, so you're saying uh, it's a conspiracy theory within a conspiracy theory? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> if you're the CIA and you have been helping Jeffrey Epstein run underaged, abused uh, uh, girls and boys to entrap politicians and actors and other and other. Uh, people of influence so that you can use them to your to your will uh, uh down the road and you get caught doing this uh one excellent tactic would be <laughs> to conjure a bunch of conspiracy theories that are all bogus and create the aura that this is all nonsense and then it just gets lost in the noise <laughs> So so when you say then when you say conspiracy theory in that sense you might substitute conspiracy theory with misinformation or disinformation right fake stories to get people to buy into the fake stories that are you know too good to be true basically and then to be discredited on the true stories. Well, thankfully, the government is here to protect us from that, Jeremy. <laughs> the government is here to protect <laughs> to protect you. Uh, look, it's true. Our First Amendment doesn't really allow the government to protect us from inaccurate information, but 
they're doing it anyway. <laughs> they are here to protect us. So uh, that that really brings us to our guest of honor today. Uh, we earlier we spoke with Jim Hoft of Gateway Pundit, the one and only Gateway Pundit. And he is embroiled in a gigantic lawsuit that received tremendous. Major. What's that? Major. Major, major lawsuit, lawsuit that received tremendous coverage. But you would never know that Jim Hoft was involved in this. His name wasn't mentioned in any of the coverage of the developments in this lawsuit. They were talking about it in the White House uh press briefing room, and you still wouldn't know that Jim Hoft or Gateway Pundit was connected in any way to this story. I'm talking about the Missouri and uh, South Carolina lawsuit. South Carolina, right? Or is it Louisiana? Is it, uh, hold on, I'd want to Louisiana. Sure. It was I Louisiana, think, yes. And that's why I wanted to double check because it didn't sound right to me as I was listening to it come out of my mouth. Missouri and Louisiana are suing the Biden administration and members of the Biden administration for their acts of censorship of American citizens and their First Amendment protected speech. And there was a gigantic judgment, a gigantic ruling that came down. I'm calling it, it was a restraining order uh, because it actually says specifically that the people cited are specifically hereby enjoined and restrained from taking the following actions. So it's a, to me, it, looked, it reads literally as a restraining order that uh, prevents the Biden administration from uh, attempting to censor people's free speech on social media. And it's a the, the, it's just a tremendous document, these seven pages. It's posted up to the Twitter feed the Truth Bay Twitter feed, people should go look at it because basically everything in here that they're now barred from doing, you have to realize they were doing. <laughs> they were absolutely strong-arming social media companies to deplatform people for nothing more than literally protected free speech that the government didn't approve of. And it was so government-wide uh, basically every department, the State Department, Jeremy, the Census Department, the 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 uh, yeah, what was it? The Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. It, this was a whole of government approach to censoring a, a, average Americans. Uh, and Jim Hoft uh, was gracious enough to sit down with us for. Uh, for about an hour and talk about this case and its implications for free speech rights for everyone in this country. So let's take a listen. We have with us the Gateway Pundit, Mr. Jim Hoft. Jim. Hey guys, good to be with you. Welcome to the welcome to the pot here. Let me give you hey. let's you deserve applause. Let's give you some applause. Welcome to the Truth Bait Podcast. Welcome back to the Truth Bait Podcast. You've been with us before. Friend of the show. Right. Right. Well, thank you. Well, we're having you back because you have had uh, incredible news. You're part of a, uh, of a case. Most people may not be aware of this. People have probably heard the news about this case and don't realize 
your involvement in this case, you're, you're involved in what might be the most, the single most profound First Amendment case of our time, maybe of our lifetime, maybe ever, maybe in the history of the Republic. Wow. Well, uh, I know it's important, Andrew and Jeremy, um, and I'm excited to be on a part of it. I don't, I, and I think it is really big. And and as you put it that way, Andrew, I don't think we've ever been. Maybe we have. I know in the Civil War, I think Lincoln was uh, uh, shutting down a few uh, newspaper publishers. Uh, but I don't think we've ever had the type of censorship we have now. This uh, this uh, censorship uh, complex, the industrial censorship complex that the government has formed, and uh, along with all of these fake fact checkers, along with the social media uh, giants, um, to censor and silence uh, half of America. I don't think we've ever had that before. It really is astounding. Let's let's. Let's take it back a little bit. What, what for people who don't know, for somebody who's never heard of this case before, what is this case? How did you become involved in this case? So, uh, it was last year in 2022 that uh, some officials in Missouri came to uh, Gateway Pundit and came to my attorney, John Burns, and asked us if we'd be interested in uh, joining them on a, a case against uh, the government for censoring free speech. So they approached us, and um, at the time it was Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who many of your listeners may know is a senator now, but it was it was his work, and it was his work with Jeff Landry, the Attorney General in Louisiana. They joined together for this case on, on the censorship. Now, you guys know this because we've hung out for years, and part of the story we were telling was that uh, the tech giants were censoring conservatives for several years now. Um, yeah, we were they, documenting you in your home while <laughs> you were on a call with Facebook while they were explaining to you exactly how they were shafting you. <laughs> they, you oh, my you, God. You still had access to all of your audience, uh, but you couldn't communicate with them. <laughs> it was essentially, it was yeah. a very weird message they were giving you. Nothing's changed. You just, and thank you for spending all of your money <laughs> and your effort right. building your audience as we invited you to. We solicited you to spend money with us, uh, but we, you no longer can uh, communicate with those people. But they, hey, they're still your audience. We haven't taken them away from <laughs> you. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Yeah, you were up to your neck in it. They, they cut you off right after Trump won. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And it was interesting because they said they were going to cut us off. And it was uh, 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 David Brock with Media Matters, and they put out this whole program, this whole plan on how they were going to censor uh, the top conservative news sites um, because they blamed uh, the independent media for putting Trump, pushing Trump across the finish line. And so immediately uh, they were attacking Breitbart and us and Infowars and others. And um, uh, they did a number on us. Uh, January of 2017, it affected our income. It affected our our reach on Facebook, um, and we've we've never we've never recovered. Never recovered. Is that when you started trying to uh, get some sort of legal action going, some sort of remedy? 
how did you how did you end up in a legal process? Was it when yeah. the state's attorney approached you, or had anything happened before that that you had tried to? Uh, yeah, get going? I think they knew that we had been um, fighting this battle for several years. And as you guys know, um, uh, I spoke to Congress about this back in 2018. So uh, you know, we've been speaking out for quite a while now. When uh, COVID started, though. Uh, that was a whole new level of censorship uh, through the social media. And at the time, uh, we really didn't have our Facebook um, presence like we used to have. Uh, and, and Jeremy and Andrew, you, you both know that Harvard and you know the Columbia Journalism Review, two esteemed organizations came out with a study after the 2016 election that said that Gateway Pundit was one of the top four most influential conservative websites that helped Trump. So immediately, of course, again, we, we were, we were uh, uh, a, a target for the left. Um, but in 2020, they really ramped it up with COVID. And uh, they, no matter how big of a lie they were telling, uh, they would not allow um, independent media or independent voices to, to express a differing opinion. And now we know today, guys, that I, and I need to put this list together, but all of the things that we were censored on, if you look back, we were completely correct in our assumptions and our reporting, and the government was completely wrong. I think we're finding that out more and more, you know, as time goes on. It's that old saying, uh, a, a conspiracy today, uh, just give it six months and it'll be, uh, you know, the truth. Or, you know, now it's now they cut it down to two months or six weeks or something. But uh, you got you guys know how it goes right. anyway. Well, so the attorney general, uh, no, they know that that you've had these issues and they are right. they're continuing the work from the previous attorney general. Is that is that basically it or why? Does, uh, how yeah. lucky are you that you have two attorney generals in a row that are <laughs> yeah. willing to pursue this? Well, you know what? Uh, that was a big concern when Eric Schmidt won. And. I met him uh, at the uh, deposition we had with Dr. Anthony Fauci. That was on Thanksgiving weekend last year. And uh, there was a huge concern at the time because Schmidt was moving to the Senate and would, would his, uh, the man who followed him as Attorney General uh, Bailey, would he, would he continue this case? And there, it was a big question mark. Well, he did continue the case, which I think was a great career move. And, um, you know, the right thing to do, obviously. And so now we are where we're at today, which is terrific. Um, and that we're actually uh, had some, some very big announcements in the past few weeks. But we've been, uh, this, this case has been going on for over a year now with Missouri and Louisiana. They asked us to be a part of the case. Then last September, they put us as the lead plaintiff in the case, Gateway Pundit. And then um, it's continued from there. They did a, several depositions around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, um, found out, a, you know, everything that we imagined was going on behind the scene. And they were able to um, obtain a lot of this information that we all knew was happening. And that was that the government was working with uh, Twitter and Facebook and Google and YouTube uh, to silence conservatives for what we were saying uh, about COVID and about the, uh, the election then. Uh, in 2020. Uh, Jim, it's so bad. As I am reading through 
the restraining order that the judge dropped. Uh, this is the seven-page restraining order, and this is that what, was today. The, well, that this is today. what the, no, no. The, the, this is what they appealed. This is what the government oh. appealed. This was the one that came out a few days ago that really put the story on the on the radar for people. Uh, or maybe it was a when did this come out? It was a week ago or so? Because uh, yeah, ju- uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, on July 4th, on Independence Day, is when this judgment dropped. And it is. It's a restraining order. It it literally says they are restrained from doing these things. I encourage people. To read this, I put it up on the Truthbait Twitter account. Go read this document. We're going to go through a bit of it now because this is why I'm saying I think this might be the single most important free speech case, First Amendment case that has ever that is we've ever faced. What what what, what you've uncovered, and people may or may not know this. They may or not remember this case that you're a part of has had. You, some other monumental moments as well. You went to depose uh, key members of the Biden administration, past and present, Jen Psaki being being one of them, uh, and she tried to fight the deposition, and it became a huge... This was a big news item, and she lost her fight. She had to be deposed, which set the precedent that they all have to be deposed, uh, that they can't avoid it just because they worked for the administration that doesn't grant them some immunity from being deposed. And you guys ended up deposing Fauci, uh, Pisaki, a whole bunch of people that uh, have heretofore been untouchable. And you came away with a bunch of information that when you read this judgment, this seven-page judgment, it's it is remarkable what was happening. There was a whole of government approach to censorship. And it was it was the departments are staggering. Health and Human Services, uh, NAID, which is Fauci's Fauci's organization. Uh, Health and Human Services. Where else do we have? We have uh, CDC. We have the Census Bureau. Jim, why was the Census Bureau spying on you for yeah. censoring you? What What is the Census Bureau doing in this? Yeah. Well, we also had the Department of Defense. I mean, some of this has come out in the case, some of it surrounding the case. But the Department of Defense, Defense was sending $700,000. This was uh, something actually through the Twitter files, which happened to come out around the same time now that was around christmas time after elon musk took over twitter they started releasing some of their documents but the department of defense giving seven hundred thousand dollars to newsguard which is a leftist uh organization that is to favor um a mainstream uh corporate media and their whole goal is to shut down conservative and and smear and lie about conservative independent media and the government was paying them this is just the one payment we found seven hundred thousand dollars in one year so you can imagine this we're just scraping the surface Mm -hmm. right now uh we have no idea how large this industrial complex censorship complex is but uh you can imagine uh it's, it's it has its fingers throughout the administration the department of homeland security like we said they were uh, core uh, in, in, uh, in, in pushing this, this censorship, uh, of course, um, but uh, so many other places, health and human services with the COVID, 
Uh, like you said, Andrew. Yeah, yeah the State uh, Department. It's, it's gigantic. State Department. J- Jeremy, listen to this. The Census Bureau Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships had a hand in the censorship. Uh, uh, and this is why I call it a restraining order, because at the end of the list of everybody it's that, that are affected by this ruling, uh, it says they are hereby enjoined and restrained. It specifically says, it's, and it's capitalized and bold, restrained, <laughs> from taking the following actions as to social media companies. Now, this is where... This is where it gets interesting, Jim. You must be, it must drive you insane to follow the media as they pick up this story and they and they talk about this story because they're they're almost all exclusively lying about it. And <laughs> some are, you know, the Washington Post and the New York Times are uh, openly advocating for censorship, basically. You had, uh, This is from Reason Magazine. The Washington Post and New York Times framed their coverage of Dowdy, this is the the Judge Dowdy ruling, uh, not as a robust defense of free speech and basic American constitutional principles, but as a partisan attack on government power. The Post said the order could, quote, upend years of efforts to enhance coordination between the government and social media companies. While the Times fretted that it could, quote, curtail efforts to combat false and misleading narratives online. So, two of the largest newspapers of records coming down against free speech. But yeah, it's unbelievable. The, the thing that everybody got wrong, though, real quick, let me, just, let me just highlight this, because everything in this order that they are restrained from doing, they can still communicate with these companies. They're not cut off from communicating from these companies. They're only cut off from communicating from the companies regarding protected speech under the First Amendment. That's it. Literally, they just cannot have conversations about, talk about, try to remove, try to influence speech that's protected. This should be, this is actually that everybody freaked out about this ruling, Jim. Nobody should have freaked out about this ruling. This should be basic common sense. Absolutely. And you would, you know, 20 years ago, I think most people would agree with that. Probably 90% of the country. Right? 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, they've done a number. The left has done a number since that time. And there's a lot of people who believe that free speech is, you know, we shouldn't have it, that it's dangerous. That's what they're teaching the kids. And I don't know about you guys, but I talk to nieces and nephews and, you know, young kids. And I'll hear them say this nonsense, you know, that if it's offensive, it should be banned. Offensive to who? <laughs> you know, they have no idea what they're talking about, but that's what they're learning from uh, their, their teachers and instructors, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're being trained. Well, I'm curious in regards to what you just pointed out with the order, um, just how does an order like this get sort of enforced? Or will it be? Will it be policed somehow? Or is it something that you have to continue to watch and then Well, hang on, hang on, because they, they, they appealed the ruling. they're going to actually follow? Jeremy, they appealed the ruling. Right. And they basically, they've right. said they're not going to follow. Here, listen to this. Um, a couple questions on the uh, the ruling, the social media ruling from, from yesterday. Um, one, I wonder why, while the DOJ is reviewing its options, is there any immediate day-to-day impact on the administration's activities here, the White House's activities? So we've been very, we've been uh, very kind of consistent. 
<laughs> we've been very kind of very consistent. So we've been very we've been uh, very kind of consistent. <laughs> she sounds ready for this answer. She how how much is she making? <laughs> is she making a lot of money for what she for her performance? Um, here's her here's her answer. Where she just she basically says we're just going to continue doing we're, what we're doing is valuable. We're going to continue doing it. Uh, we we are going to continue to promote responsible actions to protect uh, public health, safety, and uh, security when confronted by challenges like a deadly pandemic and foreign attacks on our elections. So we're going to continue uh, to be to to do that in a to promote that in a responsible way. Our view remains that uh, social media platforms have a critical responsibility to take action uh, or to to take account of the effects of their platforms are having to the American people, but make independent choices about the information they present. They are a private, as you know, entity, and it is their responsibility uh, to, uh, you know, to to act accordingly. Uh, And so we're going to continue to be responsible in that way. (laughs) Translation, we're just going to continue doing what we've been what we've been doing. Right. And, and do, you, do you know that they had to cancel their meeting the following day with Facebook because they were having their monthly meeting with Facebook and, you know, who to silence, who to censor, um, what to watch for. And that, that forced them then to cancel their meeting. Yeah, but so aren't they just going to rename upset. the meeting something else that is not covered? Because <laughs> they can still communicate on a whole host of things. And Jeremy's right. Who's responsible for enforcement of this? Right. Well, they, they also then went ahead and appealed the ruling, which uh, they wanted appealed while uh, this this is still decided in court. Um, and then Judge Doty today came back and said, no, uh, this, this is going to stand uh, his ruling. And he did not allow the government to um, uh, drive a freight train over his ruling. So uh, it stands what he said last week is still the law of the land. Uh, again, it's that's a great question, Jeremy. Who's gonna who's gonna police this? But um, uh, I I think this uh, I think this Doty has been very clever and very um, he, he's he's really fought back against a lot of the according to my attorney guys uh, he's 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 pushed back against a lot of this um, uh, nonsense that the media has been throwing. Uh, at him about this ruling and what the government has been saying. Uh, What I heard today from my attorney, John Burns, someone you may know, uh, he said that in today's uh, ruling, uh, Judge Doty said he he basically answered all of these frivolous arguments that these attorneys came out with after his ruling on, on July 4th. And so he, he attacked him one by one. There's a, it's a, it's a, he has another long um, uh, decision that he released today that we put on Gateway Pundit that I haven't read the whole thing yet. But um, anyway, uh, he's, he's pushing back, and that's, that's great news for the country. And like you said, uh, I, we put up a post this weekend. It's, it's stunning that in America, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, uh, that we have a president, an administration that is arguing, no, we want to silence and we will silence and censor the population. That's what they're. That's what they're arguing in court. Unbelievable. Jeremy, listen to this. Listen to what they appealed. Okay, and I'm not going to read. There, there were ten things that they were restrained from. I'm not going to read all of them. They all end the same way. Okay. 
Number one, meeting with social media companies for the purpose of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of, and then this is what is at the end of every one of these points, content containing protected free speech posted on social media platforms. That's all this is. Literally every single point, specifically flagging content or posts on social media platforms, and or forwarding such to social media companies, urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the removal, deletion, or suppression, or reduction of content pertaining per- to protected free speech. So the the uh, and this is the other thing I would point out about this about this particular ruling that is so that absolutely uh, again leaves me thinking this is the most important case ever because. Every one of these points that they are now restrained from infers they were doing every single one of these. Wow. Everyone requesting right. content reports from social media companies detailing actions taken to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce content containing protected free speech. Uh, th- these guys were and shaking them down. They were harassing them. I'm wondering, too, in regard to all of these issues, which are really alarming are are you the only media company involved in this lawsuit or there are there any other sort of partners that you have from other media entities have you gotten any you know positive feedback from any type of mainstream reporters individually or outlets you know that that we know of is this the, the entire media that's out there basically defending the government against you how is how is that you know what does that field kind of look like yeah that's a great question so um uh in this lawsuit uh, it's it's uh uh they they have the gateway pundit and they they asked us and they were thrilled with the fact guys that we kept the receipts and so we've we've kept so many of these times where they've flagged us or some fake fact checker and said no this is this is partly incorrect and so then they you know censor the whole post right um so uh they they were glad to have us thrilled actually to have us join this case with them um there is another uh another media outlet jill hines she has a uh an outlet down in um she has an outlet in uh uh louisiana and it's a small uh smallish uh publication online publication um but they they use her because she's in louisiana and she's been censored because she was reporting on a lot of the covid stories uh and and reports that she had and then they asked um these several doctors uh dr aaron carity uh dr bhattacharya he's on the television a lot on fox news he's from stanford um and martin kuldov i I believe he's from yale uh, another doctor so uh three doctors and then myself and Jill Hines were the plaintiffs in this case, along with the state of Missouri and the state of Louisiana. And the ruling didn't go entirely your way, Jim. You guys were oh, denied really? class action status. Oh, oh, was that today? You mean no, that was in the, that was on July fourth. Uh huh. Um, 
Well, we do have two other lawsuits that are ongoing still. So we're going to see, and that's with a couple different groups. One is with um, uh, Robert Kennedy and asked us to be on a case with him. It's a very similar case. It's against the Trusted News Initiative, which is a group of uh, media outlets that were also working to suppress um, uh, information that was coming from small, independent uh, news sites. So that's that's a, a case that we that's ongoing. That actually, guys, uh, is also going through the Western District of Louisiana. So we also have Judge Doty on that case, um, and that's been going on for several months now. Is that also um, going through actually, a, a state's attorney through a state's attorney, or is that no? So so that was we originally filed in Texas, and then the Texas judge threw it to New York City, New York District One, right, which is uh, where things go to die. Uh, especially on uh, something that's, uh, you know, freedom or capitalism, it's going to die there because we know what New York is like today. So we dropped the case there and we refiled it in Western Louisiana District and they uh, and we landed with uh, Judge Doty. So that we're thrilled about that, obviously, because this guy's taking this subject seriously. So that's another case we have. Um, and then we have another case uh, big case, and that's with uh, America First Legal. So Stephen Miller, you guys are aware of him. Yes, uh, he um, used to work Trump's with Jeff. Jeff you're right, and he used to work with Jeff Sessions. I met him when he was working with uh, Jeff Sessions uh, back way back when. Anyway, didn't pretty um, much anything he said about immigration, anything Trump said about immigration, really came from Stephen Miller's fingertips. I I think it certainly. Could have. He's an expert. And that's when I first met him. We were talking about immigration. This was mm-hmm. back 10, 15 years ago. So, um, uh, but his, his group, America First Legal, then is sponsoring us in a lawsuit against some different entities who uh, were actually working with the government to censor free speech. So, there, this, again, I am looking forward to someone putting together the whole map of the extent of how many lawsuits you're involved in well (laughs) and also i mean because i'm just talking about the uh uh the social media lawsuits here and the 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 media lawsuits that were on on offense um but um no i mean just it's it's amazing they have fact checkers involved they have all of the government or organizations they have all the social media giants they have these different groups that created um, who are kind of uh, groups that are in between government and the social media uh, tech giants. So uh, it's, it's just a huge, it's, it's huge, and it's multi-million dollars that they're investing every year. And this is the government, and it's all these different agencies, and, they just, and their whole purpose is to censor Americans. Jim, you mentioned NewsGuard, and this is so emblematic of this. Of, of a dynamic of what is happening here. Uh, NewsGuard, one of the main uh, funders of NewsGuard is a publicist group, which is a, uh, I'm just reading it off of Wikipedia, publicist group is a French multinational advertising and public relations company, one of the oldest and largest marketing and communications companies in the world. Every major corporation 
almost every major corporation is a client of theirs at one level or another. They literally represent corporate America, corporate the corporate world, forget corporate America, the entire corporate planet. And so really what you have here, an element of this is the government funding these a group that basically is just a front group for corporations to censor you. They outsource their censorship to groups that are basically front groups for corporations, for corporate news. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it kind of ties back to what they were doing before, because Facebook started doing this fact check stuff where they just throw something at us and um, they ban something. And they, 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 you wouldn't get an explanation. They'd ban it, though. Once in a while, they'd say this is, uh, you know, not accurate or whatever they were saying, you know, the exact uh, wording I'm not sure of. But they were banning it. Then all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, they started bringing in these fact check sites that were created specifically for Facebook so that they could use that, them as the excuse to, to, to censor us and shut us down. Of course, they're all leftist groups. And we still have several people, uh, you know, who've harassed us for over the years now um, who are part of these uh, fact check groups. And, uh, uh, but, but that's what they did, the tech giants. They they used they they cre- helped create there. I'm sure they're involved somehow. These these fact check groups that are usually wrong, and uh, are are meant to uh, shut down uh, independent media. I would bet you I, I, it may take me a minute, but if we if we look up the uh, client list of publicists, I bet you that uh, <laughs> I bet you that the that the the social media companies are clients of theirs. Sure, it makes sense. And, yeah, and, I, the, I and the news yeah. media. I would bet you the media companies are too. I'll have to look into that and see. Uh, so yeah. just to, uh, again, to, to, to get back to the, to the topic of the media's reaction, uh, you know, corp- even The Hill. The Hill sometimes is balanced. They weren't on this one. This is, I have an article here, Federal Judge Limits Biden Administration Contact with Social Media Platforms. And in the second paragraph. They have a, just a bald-faced lie. U.S. District, District Judge Terry Doty, who was appointed by former President Trump, that's how you, that's how you know you're supposed to... He's, he's evil. He's an evil judge. Granted a preliminary injunction barring a wide swath of officials from the Department of Health and Human Services, Center for, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the Department of Justice, the State Department, and the FBI from communicating with the companies. That is a bold-faced lie, or a bald-faced lie, whichever, whichever face it is. It's a giant <laughs> lie. They did not. They have not been barred at all from communicating with the companies. They are literally only barred... From communicating with the companies as it relates <laughs> to uh, free speech, uh, suppressing or reducing content containing protected free speech. That's it. And interestingly, at the end of this article on the Hill, uh, the article is nine paragraphs long. And at paragraphs eight and nine, they actually say what what is going on. Uh, they quote that uh, they finally do quote that it is a matter of just protecting free speech. And let's see, the last paragraph of the article, however, Biden administration officials are still permitted to communicate with the platforms about criminal activity, (laughs) national security threats, threats to public safety, and posts intending to mislead voters about voting requirements and procedures. So literally everything that they appealed was just, they appealed the right to censor people, censor their free speech. That's it. And these guys buried it on eight and nine. Uh, 
listen to the, here. Let's uh, let me let me just play a couple of clips for you. Here's ABC News. Free speech and what a judge just decided about the government's ability to contact social media companies about content. Rachel Scott is at the White House with more. Rachel, good morning. Wit, good morning to you. And this is a big development in this case. A federal judge blocking the White House from communicating with several major social media companies, at least for now. No. <laughs> no. ABC, major lie. <laughs> this is a victory for Republicans. It's a victory for Republicans. <laughs> who are suing the administration, claiming that they went too far during the pandemic, pushing social media companies to address posts that could have made Americans resistant or hesitant toward taking the vaccine and also addressing misleading information about the 2020 election. <laughs> wow. Here is wow. This is I know. Here's MSNBC. Uh, Chris Hayes. I actually I had to, I watched I watched this over and over again because he is just so upset. <laughs> it's just so delicious. <laughs> Yesterday on the Fourth of July, we got a very weird and seemingly sudden ruling. Very weird. Very weird to order the government not to censor people's protected free speech. <laughs> Yesterday on the 4th of July, we got a very weird and seemingly sudden ruling from a judge, federal judge in the Western District of Louisiana with some broad First Amendment implications. A federal judge barred parts of the administration from contacting social media platforms about online content. Now okay, eh, MSNBC with the big lie. <laughs> you know, everybody's worried about this ruling affecting the government's ability to protect people from misinformation and disinformation. Wow. These guys are covering this story with from a total lie, a complete and utter lie. Once wow. again, they're not prevented from contacting the social media companies. They're just restricted from uh, demanding censorship based uh, uh, censorship of protected free speech. That's it. That's it. The ruling came in response to a lawsuit brought by Republican led states alleging that the White House went too far in its efforts to curb content that challenged vaccines or threatened elections. Notice the pattern there because ABC said the same thing. It's they're saying that that they went too far. Which implies that oh, some censorship of protected free speech is probably okay. The problem is they just went too far with it. Uh, it, it. It is just, that's why if people are wondering, why are these news organizations on the side of government censorship? Because it's a racket. The government is attempting to censor independent voices that stray from the narrative, that are counter-narrative, who uh, and protecting corporate media in the process, protecting them as the gatekeepers of what is truth. And they're lying through their teeth as they cover the story. So this federal injunction handed down by the judge um, as of, you know, yesterday. Also, as I listen to this, I wonder, I, I, I mean this sincerely, I wonder, because I know a lot of journalists, at least in the old days, this was the trope, was that there are a lot of alcoholics uh, in journalism and he's slurring his words at the beginning of this. Maybe I'm being too judgmental, but he is. So this federal injunction handed down by the judge, um, as of you know yesterday, bars key federal agencies, including the CDC, the Department of Justice, and the Department of State, from even contacting social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram over concerns like misinformation on COVID-19. So that's almost that's that's almost closer to the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like inching closer to the truth. Uh, uh, 
you know, the, the concepts of misinformation and disinformation are, uh, I don't know if most people are aware of the definitions of these. Uh, disinformation, which actually comes out of the KGB, uh, a term they created, which was uh, lies, lying. That's what disinformation is. When when an entity, an individual, an entity, a government entity, whatever, puts out something that they know is a lie, that's disinformation. Misinformation would be people who are spreading information that isn't true, but they don't know that it's not true. And that's what's amazing here is the premise that somehow the government is, is that it's a proper role for the government to protect us from inaccurate information by censoring it. It is their role to go ahead and promote accurate information by disseminating it, but it is not. When did it become the government's role to protect us from inaccurate information by censoring it? Because that that is where these news organizations, and again, they don't want that. They just, whatever will protect their corporate gatekeepership, that's what they... That's what they want. When you do a little Googling, you quickly discover the plaintiffs, a Republican attorneys general in Louisiana and Missouri, very clearly filed this case in this small district in Louisiana because they knew there was a good chance they would get this guy on your screen, Judge Terry Doty. That's the same judge who blocked the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers in the middle of a once in a century pandemic. I, I, I already said I like the guy. Why, Chris, why are you trying to convince me? <laughs> uh, so they are, they're all, they're, they're basically, they're all lying about it. They're all, I found, Jim, I found one, uh, one news report that is accurate. This is Fox 44, I believe, out of Texas. A federal judge has severely limited Biden officials and their dealings with social media companies in a sweeping ruling that is a huge win for free speech advocates and those who say their content is being unfairly squelched by the federal government. A federal judge setting off a different kind of Fourth of July fireworks Tuesday, accusing the Biden administration of censoring free speech, blocking several officials and government agencies from contacting social media companies. The ban stems from a lawsuit brought by the attorneys general of Louisiana and Missouri accusing the White House of trying to influence social media posts on platforms like Facebook and Twitter. The Republican AGs claim the administration was violating the First Amendment, working with tech companies to flag and remove conservative posts about topics ranging from COVID-19 to election interference. The administration claims they were trying to tamp down what they say was harmful disinformation. The DOJ is currently reviewing the case. For now, the judge is allowing government officials to flag posts to prevent criminal conduct or national security threats and for people who uh, that sounds very strange to people that's just a news report wow <laughs> that's an actual news report that's what that's what they're supposed to sound like <laughs> how did they get that uh from when the rest of the media is is reporting something completely different i wonder who wrote that for them right if it was someone in their office it has to be they- somebody local it's it's unbelievable how how different it is and how right they were. Right, they just it was well. You know what? If they read the opinion, that was that's pretty accurate to the opinion. Wow, that was a great collection, Andrew. Really, really good, Jim. Thank you, thank you for that, Jim. With the with with this case 
kind of going at the heart of the issue of the government involvement in censorship or promotion of or pressure to censor um let's assume they would play by the rules and discontinue how they've been operating could we expect now that uh elon musk has taken over twitter uh or and you know facebook's still got the same ownership by zuckerberg i mean are is facebook and twitter gonna stop doing the censoring that they have been doing i mean is has have things changed with twitter because i've seen reports that they are still uh blocking content yeah jim were um, you just censored how, how recently would this by impact yeah yeah we've been censored i mean uh you, you see our numbers on twitter i think we have five hundred seventy thousand followers and we'll put things up to get you know 15 retweets and this is what's interesting is because it was just a couple of years ago that we were listed uh, by the government in one of their reports that they had uh, discussed in the January 6th uh, select committee in one of their reports that we were you know one of the top propaganda outlets on Twitter and we had this huge reach and uh, we were we were second to James Woods and um, who, who had another Twitter presence on you know, very funny uh, Hollywood actor. Um, and uh, uh, so so we had this huge presence back then, but now we can't get more than, you know, sometimes 20 retweets. And it's... Well, Jim, let me read to you from your own site. You may have heard of it, The Gateway Pundit. This is a headline <laughs> from a writer named Jim Hoft. Can't make this up. Twitter and Facebook censor Gateway Pundit post on historic Missouri versus Biden free speech ruling on censorship with Gateway Pundit as plaintiff. <laughs> Jim, they censored you. They censored your reporting on the ruling. Right, right. Because I was looking at the numbers there to see if, uh, you know, they would have the gall to do it. Yep, they did. Yeah, here you have on Twitter, despite having 575,000 followers. Uh, the elites of Twitter only allowed 138 retweets. Yeah, so Musk is really not much of a savior, <laughs> and the and the censorship goes on. Well, uh, and I'm interested yeah. what you think, Jim. A lot of people say that because Twitter and Facebook are these private companies, there's a very strong uh, libertarian stance or view, oftentimes. Uh, who, saying or claiming that these companies have every right to, you know, censor users on their site. Do you agree with that position, or how do you view that? You know, like I said again, if you if you do take the government role out of this, because they can say, well, hey, we're not okay. Yeah, we're not uh, colluding, or we're not communicating with the government. The government hasn't been pressuring us about what information we deem to be acceptable or not. We're making that decision up for ourselves and we're a private company and we have every right to do that. Hold on, Jeremy, let me just... The, the implication of what you're saying, though, is that those companies will be willing to pay for the resources to monitor all of that speech and police it. Whereas the, I think the way that, that these cases, what they're, what's unfolding here is that they're getting to the money trail where the government was paying these companies to do all of this censorship. They were reimbursing them. So they'd have to continue, if they're going to continue doing it as private companies, they've got to shell out the cash themselves. 
And in fact, that's what's going to that's what's going to show the government is guilty here. It's because they were paying for it. They're showing these companies. It's going to show that these companies wouldn't have ever done it on their own if not being contracted by the government to do it themselves. I guess that's my question: Is like, will would would Elon Musk, without government pressure or influence, say, "Yeah, I am a real live champion of free speech and restore it," or is does his behavior, you know, currently indicate that things might not change? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if, if the company's going to act that way, I think they have to put that in their bylaws or something that we, you know, restrict speech from certain uh, political parties. Um, I, I think it's going to be much more difficult for them moving forward. I think, and I think this is, that's great news. Um, you know, guys, when I started Gateway Pundit back in 2004, uh, I never would have dreamed that, you know, the internet was free then. And certainly there was different ecosystems and the left went to certain places and the right went to other places. And there was a lot of debating and there wasn't even social media at the time. But I never would have guessed we'd be at this point where um, the left has taken over the internet in, in all different ways and that they then immediately start uh, shutting down any voices they didn't like. And, you know, that's what we see in America today on the left. Uh, and they, they can, they're doing that because they can do it. Uh, we have very weak uh, counterbalance, as you all know. You know, the Republican Party just is non-existent. I, I'm, I'm even willing to suggest that I'm wondering if these top uh, Republican Party officials aren't getting paid by the Democrats because they're so pathetic and bad. But I, I, I can't believe that that's where we are today. <laughs> I can't believe that that's where we are today. And uh, I think it's going to be more difficult for him, Jeremy, moving forward. And uh, I certainly mm -hmm. hope it is. And I think this really, this could open the door for, uh, and I don't know this, I'm not, the, I'm not the attorney, but it could open the door for compensation now that, now that th this ruling has come out. What do you think people can do? What do you think people can do to fight back against this type of censorship? You know, if they're using these platforms, should people keep using them? Should people avoid them? Hmm. Hmm. Well, here's here's my thought on that, Jeremy. Uh, last week, Mark Zuckerberg announced that they were going to introduce Threads, right? This this new uh, platform that's going to be just like Twitter, um, but better. And it's going to be where people are nice to each other. And within 24 hours, uh, it was already uh, it was already reported that they were censoring conservatives, uh, censoring different uh, people. They were actually the the the, the platforms called Threads, and they were actually eliminating entire threads <laughs> on Threads, right? That they didn't like. Um, and uh, uh, you could also it, it's it's not as good a platform as Twitter. You couldn't. Uh, they, they do direct messages, different things like that. So, and but here's here's a lesson there. I mean, uh, fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, we paid a lot of money to Facebook to build our audience, like hundreds of other people. And um, once we did that, then they changed the rules. And Mark Zuckerberg changed the rules, and he shut down all of the top conservative pro-Trump. Uh, websites and, and, and Facebook pages, he basically 
like we were just talking about, he he eliminated all of their uh, you know uh, traffic that went to their site. You couldn't you couldn't get anything. Nobody. It, 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 he prevented you from putting a story up that was going to go viral. Um, and he knows this, and he lied in Congress about this numerous times. Um, but you know, uh, I'm not going to put uh, more than five minutes of attention into threads, uh, knowing that he's going to do the same thing again. That guy doesn't have. I, I you know. He's, he's a rotten individual, and um, I'm sure he'll do the same thing. He's never taken any responsibility for his actions, and uh, we know that he hates conservatives, certainly hated Trump, spent a lot of money to get Trump out of office. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to spend any time on threads that I, you know, that I can help. Anyway. I bet he didn't do That's it to get thought. Trump out of office. I bet he did it because he was rewarded with defense contracts. That's just a guess. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, you raised the the uh, libertarians. I this is from Reason, uh, Reason magazine. It's not they're writing on the ju- on the judgment, and the, and they they wrote. I, before I read this, I should say they wrote a a pretty good and balanced uh, write up on what this ruling was. But even they write, it's not a straightforward issue, as government officials also have a free speech right to communicate with moderators at social media companies. When and how that communication becomes an attempt at chilling free speech, backed by an implicit threat of state action, if the social media companies don't comply, are complex questions. No. No, they're not. <laughs> okay? There's protected free speech. And not only that, yes, okay, they, these people do have a right to contact these companies and say, oh, I saw a post that seems to violate your terms of service. They don't have a right to do that on government time using government resources. They have the right to do that at home on their private laptop. They, wow! So even yes. even Reason Magazine, the the uh, the vanguards of 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 libertarianism, either Big L or Little L, I don't know which, but uh, they are they they're hedging on it. They're leaving breathing room for the government to censor protected free speech. Jim, Amazing. I noticed one thing in in looking at all of this coverage. I tried to consume a bunch of coverage of this ruling. Um. How many uh, interview requests have you fielded? <laughs> right, isn't that something? You're nowhere. Uh, they, no one mentions you. You're like you're one of the lead plaintiffs in this. You're the. We uh, are the lead plaintiff. Yeah, you're actually. the lead plaintiff. Right. Uh, uh, nothing. Yeah, we do. I actually, I, to be fair, I did have a couple, uh, you know, interviews with independent media. You know, but but certainly uh, uh, nobody is important has to us, no interest in, in interviewing me about this. You know, I, I suppose they will once they, you know, do do some, some uh, you know, research and they have a few uh, questions they could lob at me to, you know, as, as to, to, to make it a good hit piece. But uh, otherwise, uh, I don't think I'll be on their networks anytime soon. But I mean, you're right. Even a lot really of friends. No, because they don't want to. anybody. They, they don't want anybody looking at the Gateway Pundit. And yeah. if they mention yeah. your name, people might go read the site. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're absolutely right, Jeremy, because they have done everything they could to destroy us. Everything they could. Attack our income, smear our name. I mean, our Wikipedia page is complete filth, full of lies. We, I mean, we can't even add uh, something like this, this lawsuit into our Wikipedia page. I believe, if you look at our Wikipedia page... That there's players that maybe 
from different organizations who are contributing to it. They also include a lot of things that are complete lies about us. So that, that's a, a huge, uh, you know, a, they've been smearing us that way. They've been shutting down our, our social media uh, presence um, for, for years. And yet, and yet guys, our, 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 our traffic still continues to grow year over year. We had one year where we didn't grow. So, so uh, you know, thank God. But that's, I think you're exactly right. Once people come to our website and start reading things, they come back. And uh, they're afraid of that. Which is strange because, according to Wikipedia, you're a website known for publishing falsehoods, hoaxes, and conspiracy <laughs> theories. Right. Absolutely. Oh. So uh, no, this, this this would seem like a ripe opportunity to attack you and to smear the legitimacy of the case, you know, and of the lawsuit. But all they're doing is tying it to republicanism which clearly they're not afraid of and they're leaving you totally out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a few of the doctors have been on like Fox, but even they're being ignored. And just like you played Andrew, all of those different reports um, about the case, uh, they, they, they're going to have to smear us just like they, they smeared uh, the result of this case, just like they're smearing the courageous judge, but once they get down to the nitty gritty, they're going to have to smear us too and, and, and say the things we said were conspiracies. And they'll do that with the Yale doctor as well as Gateway Pundit. I don't think it, care, I don't think they, it matters to them because um, they, they are committed to um, silencing uh, anyone who threatens their complete nonsense they're pushing on the American public. But Jim, what's next then? So you've got you just got this ruling, but the case goes on. What's next? And, and let me ask you, how how much t- of your time is spent dealing with these cases, or do they happen, you know, sort of generally in the background, and and occasionally they you you need to have your involvement? Yeah, most of it is like you said, going on in the background. Um, uh, but uh, I I think the next thing that probably the the Biden administration will come back again, and this will get tossed to a, a higher court, and they'll look at this, and uh, this could very well end up at the Supreme Court, which would be pretty wild, but um, it looks like it could definitely go there. And, you know, guys, the shame is, again, 20 years ago, this wouldn't even be a case. Nobody would have agreed that the government could do this, and yet here we are today. And uh, we actually have the left pushing against this ruling, which is, you know, it's where we are as a country. Well, it's just tremendous, Jim. Your, what your case exposed is incredible. And whether it is what you're doing for the J6 uh, uh, gulag prisoners uh, or, or what you're doing in the fight for free speech, you seem to be carrying a lot of weight, doing a lot of the heavy lifting, Jim, on the front <laughs> lines, uh, uh, fighting to save this country. Uh, once, once again, I think you deserve another applause. Jim Hawk, ladies and gentlemen, thank you Thanks for so much, being guys. here. Hey, I, thank you for talking with us. Wait, j- Jim, who are you pulling for in the Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg K 
cage match. <laughs> I guess I'll go with Musk, you know, but we'll see how it goes. I, I think uh, Zuckerberg's been training for quite a while, but uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Maybe we can get tickets. Wouldn't that be great? Can they both lose? <laughs> you, you know, who knows how that would end up. My gosh, that's just wild. Um, by the way, I wanted to say uh, congratulations, Jeremy, on the new addition in your family. That's really exciting. That's right, our newest listener. Yes, yes. Captive audience. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. That's great. Thank you. That's great. Jeremy, do you have a name? Can you share a name? No, we're still waiting for the audience. Well, <laughs> the audience. If you're chosen from among the audience. <laughs> No, we, we're still tallying the vote counts uh, for the audience pick. <laughs> if, you, if you happen to see a bunch of Andrews uh, uh, with the same handwriting, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> like a Democrat vote machine. Um, <laughs> my, right. my daughter, one of my daughters suggested a biblical name, Job. J-O-B, and a middle name, Iden. <laughs> wow. That kid would be tortured. But, uh, but we're not going to do that one. Uh, oh, my gosh. She's clever. Wow. Well, That's great. Well, guys, thank you. Jim, thank you. It. Frankly, look, if you've got the time, we'd be happy to keep you on for another hour. Um, uh, we'll have to do it again real soon. <laughs> well, th- thank you very much, Jim. We appreciate your time. You're a great friend of the show. We Thanks, will talk guys. to you again soon. Keep up All the right. fight. Talk to you soon. Bye, Jim. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We've come to that time in the program where we get to, to tell you how it is we take care of business, how we make the Truth Bait podcast even possible. Did you hear all of those sponsors? The 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 Pfizer sponsorship, the the uh, the uh, Procter and Gamble sponsorships. No, none. Of, we don't seek any corporate sponsorships for this program because we tell we bring truth to the narrative. We are. What did you call yourself, Jeremy? It was a cultural. Uh, uh, cultural therapist. Yeah, cultural therapist. That's right. Do- a doctor of, of cultural therapy. Um, yeah, the the way that we're able we to could do be this, truth therapists too. That's I mean that we, we could be truth therapists. We are prescribing doses of the truth uh, twice a week, and we couldn't do that. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> that you can't handle the truth, bait. The uh, <laughs> with corporate sponsorship, we simply wouldn't be able to be bringing you the truth about anything. We would just be bringing you clickbait, and we're not bringing you clickbait. We're bringing you truth bait. That's why we are building this community of citizen sponsors. You, our listeners, you are our producers. You make this show happen. And uh, that's the only way that we can do this uh, in today's day and age. Maybe in a different day and age, we would have taken corporate sponsorship and we would have brought you truth. We wouldn't have even, it would have been irrelevant. We wouldn't, we weren't awake, even as awake as we were. We were not awake uh, to just how bad it is and how you just cannot have. You have to have, they say, you, separation of church and state. Really what we need is uh, separation of advertising and media. Advertising and truth. You have to know if there's ads attached, there's yeah. no, it's not true. There's nothing true about it. 
Um, except for at Game well, there might be little they're, bits and <laughs> pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, but basically they've lost the worst the ads are. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, when you ba- know basically that, the worst the ads are. If you're yeah. getting the, ads for toe fungus, you know you're probably getting the truth. <laughs> okay. <Right. laughs> if you're getting ads for Tide, you are not getting the truth. All right. That's. I think that's basically. You can. You can. Yeah. You can tell by the quality of the ad. Um, so. Uh, Listen, if you are finding value in this podcast, if you're finding value in that interview that we just had with Jim Hoft, all of that, all of that incredible information uh, that you're not going to get anywhere else, as we said, Jim, they have, they've blacked him out of the story. He's redacted out of the story. They don't even mention him. He's the lead plaintiff and he has not been invited on any of these mainstream outlets to talk about this case. Uh, and that should tell you a lot. Um, and, and if you want programming like that, if you want this to continue, then we need you to return value to the podcast for the value that you are receiving. And that's what this is called. It's the value for value model. And there are a number of ways you can return value. Well, uh, number one is share the show. Share the show with somebody. Don't even, you know, share. Sure, you should share it with your entire address book. That's a good idea. But really, you know, maybe just one or two people. Or We're talking about a story that you know somebody else is interested in. Send them that story. There are a lot of places where this podcast is available where you can clip any section of the show. Clip a section of the show, send it to somebody. Um, Speaking of clipping sections of shows, the other way you can help us is by sending us content. As we said, you know, uh, uh, Jeremy is up up to his eyeballs in diapers and toddlers, and uh, he needs people to be sending in content, sending in links, sending in clips, uh, sections of videos. Try not to send us like a 20-minute video without sending us some time code. Uh, But that is of real value. It really does save us time. And it adds a a breadth and a width to the program that we can't bring on our own. It's the added value of having a community of producers is that you will all see things and hear things and come across things that we will not. Sending it to us just broadens the content that we can bring to you. And Absolutely, yeah. and uh, it'll it'll keep me from getting fired by Andrew Marcus if you guys <laughs> send me stories to bring because I gotta have some help to carry the weight around here these days. But if Jeremy is fired, busy. his 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 exclusive uh, comments following his being fired will be available here on the Truth Bait con- <laughs> Truth Bait podcast. Oh yeah, just like Geraldo, <laughs> correct? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll nobody it, tuned in. We'll to do hear it on the comments. episode when we uncover. We'll do it on the episode when we uncover the Al Capone's real tomb. <laughs> right. Uh, so I know, Jeremy. I know that you are extremely tight for time. Um, I'm just. I have a, a, just a, a few clips to play. If you can bear. If you can bear with me. Um, you know. Uh, let's see. Rep. Jamal Bowman. You know this guy. Proudly serving New York 16th oh, yeah. Congressional District. Very bombastic. He's, uh, empty Green's partner in crime. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, he's like if Al Sharpton and AOC had a love child. I think I think Rep Bowman is just about what you would get. Um, uh, th- this is the media freaking out about... Or, or, well, it's, it's not just the media. It's, it's the uh, the... 
the uh, the first two I have are politicians, but they're on the media. Uh, it, they're reacting to the Supreme Court. They're freaking out about the Supreme Court. Here's Rep. Bowman. The Supreme Court is obviously not here to work for the American people. The Supreme Court is not here to serve our democracy or our Constitution. The Supreme Court is here to serve oligarchs. They're here to serve billionaires. They're here to serve large corporations. They're here to serve white supremacy and white patriarchy and nativism. Wait, all those large corporations were serving pride all month. <laughs> What's he talking about? I mean, yeah. he's half right about the about the Supreme Court largely. Uh, yeah, I was, some of it I would agree with. Yeah, but but he's basically claiming that anybody who likes these uh, the the decisions that have come out in the last week or so of the uh, immigration and uh, the uh, uh, I'm sorry, not immigration, the affirmative action and uh, what was the other the other big one was uh, oh I'm blanking out. It was affirmative action. Oh, and 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 tuition, uh, Biden's tuition plan uh that, that if you like those you're not an american because the the supreme court is not working for americans and if you like that you must not be a real american Court is here to serve oligarchs they're here to serve billionaires they're here to serve large corporations they're here to serve white supremacy and white patriarchy and nativism their decision to strike down joe biden's student debt cancellation policy is strictly political and it does exactly what we have all seen them doing over the last several months they want to take away our civil rights. They want to take away our voting rights, our human rights, women's rights. They want to make our country more dangerous by expanding concealed carry permits. They don't want black people to be educated. That's why they banned universities' ability to use race. This guy's a piece of work. I mean, basically, the Supreme Court has essentially ruled that there's that more black people should be born. <laughs> You know, that's that's the net right. effect of them uh, reversing Roe versus Wade. And they're and they want them armed. <laughs> Very funny ways of yeah. taking away their civil rights. I just want to comment that uh Rep Bowman, he's chewing gum through this entire uh little stand up rant that he put up on TikTok. And uh he, and he's like spitting from he, from the he's get the gum is he's getting so much saliva that he's spitting he he just seems like rabid while he's talking about this. AOC was also unhinged uh, talking to Dana Bash on uh, CNN. I believe that if. Justice, if Chief Justice Roberts will not come before Congress for an investigation voluntarily, I believe that we should be considering subpoenas. So Chief Justice Roberts should make himself available for a House <laughs> investigation into his ethics. Roberts will not. Wait, didn't she have an ethics issue with like her campaign financing going to strange things? Yeah, yeah, she had. Know. She's Something had her own like issues. That not come before Congress for an investigation voluntarily. I believe that we should be considering subpoenas. We should be considering investigations. We must pass... pass. Wait, if he doesn't come for the investigation, we should consider investigations. <laughs> must well, pass, good luck pass, with that. <laughs> much more binding and stringent ethics guidelines where we... See I love that this Congress is going to put ethics guidelines on anybody. 
more binding yeah, and stringent. Not happen. At- this this group of insider traders. Fixed guidelines. It, oh, insider traders, traders, traders more binding and stringent ethics guidelines where we see members of Cong- uh, where we see members of the of the Supreme Court potentially breaking the law did you catch that Freudian slip where we see members no. of Cong- uh, where we see members of the of the Supreme where, where we see members of Congress uh, 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 members of Congress, the Supreme Court yeah. Supreme Court potentially breaking uh, the law as we saw in the refusal you know with Clarence Thomas to recuse himself uh, from cases implicating his wife in, in January 6th there also must be impeachment on the table we have a broad level of tools to deal with misconduct overreach and abuse of power and the supreme court has not been receiving the adequate oversight necessary in order to preserve their own legitimacy and in the process they themselves have been destroying the legitimacy of the court which is profoundly dangerous for our entire democracy it's profoundly dangerous for our entire democracy They're freaking out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're freaking out. Yeah, she's giving red meat. She's giving red meat to the to her base to the left. So there's no. There's not going to be any hearings. They're not going to call. John Roberts isn't going to go sit. There's not going to be an investigation. Well, there there will be if they, they take the majority again. Things. If they take the majority, they'll 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 grandstand and try to do those things, and they'll turn it into you know why the Supreme Court is illegitimate. Uh, Perhaps the uh, the media asked. This is. Do you know who uh, Sean Strickland is? I I have never heard of this guy, but until bef- uh, until now, he's a UFC fighter. I feel like it's yeah. It's I feel like it's a familiar name, but no. They, uh, he's a UFC fighter. He's at a. This is. It looks like it's a. a press availability after his fight he has no shirt on you know he's he's still sweating and they're asking him about politics which to me is kind of funny <laughs> that they're asking this guy about politics they they ask him about the supreme court so the media is just making this uh a, a you know a total they're, they're turning it into clickbait about the Supreme Court decisions this week, the two. Oh, uh, I know the Asian and then the student loans, right? Uh, yeah, bro, I, I love America, guys. Listen, you guys, I'm a white trash mother. So, like, like you know, like, you know, you got these Asian dudes, man. They're lock docs and lawyers. Uh, they got a they got a leg up on me. But again, America is equal opportunity. If you could do it, do it, man. Bottom line, dude, I'm really happy for the uh, for the Asian community, man. If you guys work your ass off, you got good parents, and, and that's they go full circle. You, you see that that Asian community of like, you have a mom in the house raising their kids. That is what America was, but you let these corporations f- weasel their way to put the Amazon on your phone, and we have just made this consumer America, bro. It is a damn shame. That you have foreigners coming to this country, and they and they show more of the American spirit and values than Americans do. Look at where you have to go for some truth. The UFC <laughs> yeah, I wish after he was fight. <laughs> <laughs> 
kind of wish he was arguing for the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is that maybe the point? I, I don't know. I to me, yeah. but to me, it's br- it's brilliant. Even this guy gets it. Everybody gets it. Yeah, I mean it's true. Everybody knows what's going on at this point. Yeah, and maybe that's that's why, why they're really freaking out. They are. Well. They're freaking out, but they're also they're happy to be fundraising off of it. There's no there's no situation they don't profit off of. Uh, but people, how much do people know what's really going on? Did you see Lindsey Graham get booed in his home state at his own rally? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome United States Senator Lindsey Graham. <laughs> You want to find something in common? <laughs> Just calm down for a second. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Calm down for a second. You know, <laughs> crowds love that when they're booing you. <laughs> for a second. Yeah. Senator, if you're wondering, what's that? If you're wondering, if you're wondering why Trump lets that guy speak at his rallies, it's because he knows he'll get booed like that. Well, this wasn't even Trump's rally. This was Lindsey Graham's rally, who he invited Trump. Well, I thought it was a Trump rally. No, this was a. I believe this was a Lindsey Graham rally that, that Graham invited Trump to. Well, look, it's both of them. Without Trump, there's probably no rally. But this is Lindsey Graham's event. He's hosting Trump. He's bringing Trump in. Senator Lindsey oh, Graham, who is Trump really got I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to work on these people. I'm going to have to. All right. <laughs> he's laughing. He's, he's, he's there. He's there when you need him. What is this about? What is that about? <laughs> yeah. He's there when you need him. And so are we, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy Siegel. As busy as you are for making yourself available yet again for another episode of the Truth Bait Podcast. I know our listeners, our, our citizen producers, are uh, extremely grateful for your, your presence, your contribution, every Tuesday and Friday without fail. Thank you for lining up that huge interview with Jim Hoff. Thank you to Jim Hoff for making himself available to us. Very good friend of the program. He is tireless in his efforts. I feel like we need to we need to try and get that film finished. I feel like we have the first half of the story that's unfolding in front of us right now. We documented yeah, it seems him for like a it's long time. time. To, it seems like it's getting to be time to revive that project. Hey, if any of our producers out there want to become executive producers of a documentary series about Jim Hoft in this case, write us at truth at truthbait.com <laughs> and uh, we'll send you an yeah. address to send us a, a very big check. <laughs> And we will finish that film. Uh, all right. Well, thank you to executive producer Alan Joliet, to executive producer Ann, for yet again for bringing us another another listener. 
Do you have a name? <laughs> I asked you that earlier. Has, has it? Has it? <laughs> anything transpired between then and now? <laughs> the name is uh, Samuel. Oh, it did happen. Samuel. Samuel Joseph Siegel. He's the newest Siegel. That's awesome. Welcome to the world, Samuel. We could use you. We could use a man like you. Well, Jeremy, back into the sea of clickbait with us all.